we get to the point where we're, we're colorblind, you know, like we don't, I don't see color. I don't see uh, your background, whatever, which is just so untrue. So mm-hmm. it's important that we have labels, but it's important that we go beyond those labels. Welcome to the Hyphenate Project, and thanks for listening. This episode with Temishi Yonikikami, the first of two parts, was recorded on May 7th, 2021. Hello, Temi. Hi, Temi. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing to interview with the Hyphenate Project. Um, I'm excited to talk to you, and it's funny because we're sisters, obviously, <laughs> so I think there's a lot we already I think I would think there's a lot we already know about each other and our work and what we're going to what we're supposed to talk about here. But I feel like this setting, especially, is mostly focused on you and your work. So I think it'll centering you will be a little different. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to talk to you. Um, um. Maybe I should mention. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So funny. I'm like, Zoom persona. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to be professional. <laughs> so, okay. I've been talking about the Hyphenet Projects for a while. And I first thought about it last year um, at the like, at the end of, or not the end. Huh? The pandemic has not ended. Um, towards the beginning, when my graduation was first cla- uh, canceled, and I initially just wanted to talk to people like, how do you feel about graduation being canceled? And then the unrest of summer started after George Floyd was murdered. And suddenly that felt really trite. <laughs> um, I still wanted to get youth's perspective on all everything that was happening, but there felt like there was so much more that was happening. So um, I think of the Hyphenate Project as being born out of uncertainties and frustrations and pain of 2020, but um, hope I hope out of it in these different conversations to understand what we've learned about ourselves and um, if we're going to do anything with it. I'm not sure. But um, I think of it as a space to imagine what could be. So hopefully that's somehow that comes out of this. Um, mostly this, at least this iteration of the Hyphenate Project is focusing on youth in America. That's it. <laughs> so let's get into it. Um, here's what I think I know about you. You're a Black Nigerian-American woman. You're an artist working primarily with visual and physical mediums. Many of your works, interests, and activities, specifically your art, centers around urban spaces and the city. You're my wonderful younger sister and would-be collaborator, (laughs) future collaborator. We're gonna get there, we're gonna get there. Um, (laughs) We're doing it right now, technically. True, true. I'm thinking eventually we'll do something like together. Like a whole, like a whole project. Yes. Yeah, that's true. ideas ideas are collaboration too it's true we'll get there we're we're, we're doing it you're right we're, we're, it's, it's in the works uh, um but yes in that description i gave of you what did i miss if like what what else would you say who else would you say you were what are your other intersections your most critical ones um uh, well first off thanks for having me 
it's always <laughs> nice to be first <laughs> to be the first one you turn to like hey um yeah and I remember you talking about this project and I'm I'm just happy to see that it's come to fruition and um I know this is being recorded but I have to brag on you a little bit because I'm very proud of the way that you pursue <laughs> independent projects and really fight to um, make your voice heard um, and share your wonderful writing and storytelling abilities with all of us. So well, shout out, shout out to my favorite, my fave, my bestie. Um, but in, to actually answer your question, I think that, and I was, cause when I was looking and I'm looking off screen, obviously, so I can see the questions again, but when I was, looking at the questions and this one in particular and I was kind of writing down my thoughts about them and I was like well it's hard to say that you missed anything because these are really like very I think to me important intersections that exist as like black I'm very proud that I'm Nigerian American I am an artist I'm a creator slash creative person um but there's all these minute details about um, myself that don't make it into those definitions, you know, like, I love the color purple, like, could that be a hyphen? <laughs> or uh, the fact that, you know, like, I can't stand wobbly chairs, <laughs> like, is that a hyphen? So is, I mean, I think, considering this interview, it's like, is this interview just a bunch of hyphens? Like, could we put a hyphen in between all the words that we're talking about right now, yeah. could those be applied to us? And then that's only even just part of who we are. Um, so yeah, there's that. But what are my most critical intersections? Is a really good question. Um, because I mean, one thing we always talk about, right? It's intersectionality. Um, and it's more like, what are the, 500 things that intersect and then finally make Temishon Kikami. And it's like, it's critical to me that I'm a Black woman in America. I'm a Black American woman. And that already kind of puts you in a circle of, I think, certain things and certain things that people apply to you and then certain things that you think about um, mm -hmm yourself being like a, a black American woman. I think that if you ask someone who's not a black American woman, like what is a black American woman? They would have tons of other things to say than what I think a black American woman is. But um, I feel like I'm already getting off topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> so if you want me to focus in on something, please let me know. I mean, um, I think, no, I think you've made a lot of good points already and even just saying um, sort of like, you know what it means to you to be a black American woman, to be a Nigerian American woman, but that could mean something very different for someone else. And I think part of thinking about these hyphens was that they can be, or these intersections and like these kind of labels and um, is that they can be very limiting and they can, because of the impressions that we have on them, but also because of what they may mean to other people. And so I think I was also interested in what you thought your intersections were, um, because I kind of want to understand what, if they miss anything. 
And you kind of touched on it. I was like, I love purple <laughs> and, and I hate wobbly chairs. Both things I know about you, but may not be important in the grand scheme of, or these grander conversations. Right, right, right. Uh, hmm. Does it matter that these labels miss something? Mm, another question. I think, well, I, um, it reminds me of Chimamanda's TED talk where you know the danger of a single story we quote it we live by it <laughs> it's very important for us nigerian american girls and nigerian girls um that you know it's not that it's not true that i'm not all these things um but it does run the risk of reducing us to just one thing or just those singular things and whatever you attach to it I think that it does matter because without, you know, like we're, we get to the point where we're, we're colorblind, you know, like we don't, I don't see color. I don't see uh, your background, whatever, which is just so untrue. So mm-hmm. it's important that we have labels, but it's important that we go beyond those labels as well because people are so much more than um, whatever words or categories that you ultimately apply to them. In my, in I think any case, um, but I will say that what do they miss? I think in terms of what they actually what they miss is like they miss details, but they also miss. <sighs> I mean, I don't want to be cheesy. They just miss individual experiences and our lived experience right and and our personal stories um like there are as a black american woman there are certain things that i can count on other black american women to have most likely gone through but probably maybe not in the same way maybe it hasn't manifested itself in the same way maybe it's like you know we went through this at different stages of our life and it like has changed us in different ways and we have different outcomes because of that um so yeah no I, I mean you're right and I mean I think I feel like that's what Chimamanda was getting at with with talking about the danger of a single story um yeah and I, I you are right about dismissing individual experiences um I think I mean, I think That's not completely dismissive, right? You are acknowledging part of the label, but it's not fully, you know, encompassing. And that's not what hyphens are really supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not supposed to tell you everything. It's true. And I think I wonder also if it's is that possible? Can't I'm, I'm inclined to think we can't tell the entire story, partially because we don't know all, all of ours either. We don't know where we're the villains of someone else's story or whatever the case is, mm-hmm. but is there a way we can try? That's true. I mean, I think it's one thing of recognizing other people's humanity and they have a, you know, as a diverse and, um, mm-hmm complex story as you do I forget what's the word that encompasses that like you see someone on the street and 
you realize that they have, like they're just as complex and their experiences are diverse. Is you like have that one moment? Is it Sonder? Might be. From like the dictionary of, um, Sorry. Yeah, it's Sonder. Okay, so you were just talking about, and I, I love this, I, that, um, I don't know, the, the need to like recognize humanity in one another. Um, I think we do tend to have a problem doing that, maybe as a species, but certainly in the United States. And I mean, I was talking earlier about how this project came out of a few things, but also particularly because George Floyd was murdered and we already have this long continued history of black people being murdered by arms of the state and civilians alike in so many ways. Um, so we clearly have an issue recognizing the humanity of black people in particular and a lot of the different groups we don't, that kind of get, kind of almost disappear in a sense when we're just talking about black and white. So literally in the US, um, we can think of all the things <laughs> that this country gets wrong, but I am curious if there's something you think the US has gotten right. Yeah. I mean, it's still a hard question to answer. I know like you asked this like three months ago and I was like, I don't have an answer for you right now. And I'm looking at this question three months later and I'm like, I don't really have an answer for you right now. Like I should, but I think what, I mean, thinking more about it, like I try to come up with a few things. I mean, first of all, is like recognizing that nothing in this world is done perfectly, right? Like hardly, you know, we've had, we have scaled, when you're in competition, you have a scale that basically matches you to perfection and no one ever gets to that point um, or it's incredibly hard, right? Um, so there's that. So with that acknowledgement, <laughs> I can say that in moments where in America, where people have recognized each other's humanity, there has been a you know, we've been able to accomplish some great things. Um, so I think that, you know, like currently in my urban theory class, we have to do research on Kenya. And I've been reading a lot about Nairobian youth and opportunities for um, formal employment there. And how a lot of it, or many Nairobian citizens won't be able to get a chance at like formal education past a certain age because at that point you have to start paying for it. And that's just nothing, that's something that we don't really have to worry about as much in the States, right? And like we think about, you know, our parents are always telling us, it's like, this is a really crazy opportunity that you have to go to school for free. And it is like, you know, you think of education as a basic right, but, um, yeah really isn't like no one is obligated to teach you anything in this life um and once we start caring for each other in one way but also it's like caring for each other 
also leads to a better state. So that is also tied or like a, not even a better state, but like a particular type of state, depending on how you shape the curriculum, which in turn shapes the people. Um, so, but before I get too into that, I think that public education at least it has not by any means been done perfectly mm-hmm. but it has been a good thing that the u.s has done um being able to provide the many people at least with up to a high school education um even that has been contested <laughs> but we can move on <laughs> and that's so basic but it's not this i yeah Okay. Even I think in asking this question, I haven't really answered it myself. Um, I think another thing I was, which is interesting. So another thing that I was thinking about when I was thinking of this project was how often the U.S., because this question also, I wanted to ask it first because I knew eventually down the line, we were going to kind of um, question the United States. So, (laughs) and what it's like to be here. But I think one of the issues, and education is a really good place to think about it, is that we in the U.S. don't always tell ourselves the truth. And maybe, you know, that's true everywhere. And there's not, you know, it's easy to, like, use your own history to tell a certain story of your nation and of the people in it. But we don't tell the full story of ourselves. And I think it's has a lot to do with the fact that most history is so white and male and old, and it just looks a very specific way. Um, And I think I also was curious, jumping around a bit, but I think I was also curious to like, as to where you see yourself represented in the US, um, maybe in media, in our history. Um, So yeah. I think I want to know where you feel you see yourself represented or how you see you may or may not see yourself represented. Um, We'll start there. You know, immediately I think like about the moments, like very clear moments in media. Um, And I think this is also tied to, you know, education and the history that we tell ourselves. because media is a really important um, and pervasive aspect in our lives right now. So it, or in our lives always, honestly, um, that we are informed about how we should see ourselves and how we should see other people. Um, Have I seen like awkward bookish black girls on TV? occasionally (laughs) i'd be hard pressed to tell you some but i know that they're out there uh one thing you know that i always complain or really wanted when we were younger um was i was like where's like the nigerian american comedy (laughs) where is that we got jokes (laughs) um and i felt like that would have been i was like oh yeah like that's that's part of where i want to see myself i want to see and relate to characters in the media. Um, And I was looking at, um, I was looking at 
the young adult book list <laughs> on Goodreads uh, because I still get curious. And it's just, it's wild how much um, that field has changed in like the last 10 years because with the, the first of, you know, I can't even say like the first wave of black killings. I mean, at the hands of like police when that started in like the early 2010s and like own versus own voices and diversity um, became a really big push in YA and you're finally like seeing the benefits of that. Like it's just a really expansive field that I would have like killed for as a kid. I'm like, this is incredible. Like half of these books are gay and half of the characters are black. <laughs> Which is not saying like representation is going to fix our ills, but it's like, you know, it's just, it's nice to see because you're really are getting all these different perspectives. Um, but like seeing, like, where do I see myself? I don't know, it's hard. It's hard to say. I don't think that you have to necessarily like be the same exact, like come from the same background or even have the same skin tone as someone for them to represent you in a way that you find meaningful. Like you see someone like AOC and she's like really fighting for the youth voice and like climate change and you know all these big ticket topics that are really worrying for you know the, the, our youth the youth that we are <laughs> like our whatever concerns us in our future and like she, we're, we're not the same person like she's you know like I don't know that much about her but I feel you know at least represented and heard by someone like that um but it's hard. Like, I think that, and I feel like this is just going to be a topic that comes up time and time again in this interview, is that, like, recognizing other people's humanity and, like, the shared traits and experiences that we have across all cultures and all types of people. And I think that, like, you know, we both read a lot as kids. We both still read a lot right now. And that definitely helps. It's like, I can see myself in this person because I've seen myself or like I've experienced a fictional or real version of this person's events through something as simple as a book, simply as simple as the written word. Um, yeah. Yes, I was thinking about YA a couple of weeks ago and like I'm seeing like wow they have like black characters now and like queer characters like this was not you know I mostly just read YA romance you know <laughs> but even, like oh like black girls don't fall in love I guess that's what it was and whenever I think I read maybe one or two three books my when I was still reading YA as a teenager and like I would eat them up it's important <laughs> obviously it's very important to see yourself. Um, I do really appreciate how you talked about not necessarily needing to share exact experiences with someone to feel, I don't know, seen in a sense or represented in a way. Um, I think it's a matter of it just being nice <laughs> to see yourself in that way. And I think, you know, the U.S. has always represented itself or historically talked about itself as like a melting pot. Um, and I think the question is maybe just how true it obviously it's true there are a lot of different types of people here but it's one thing to like get there 
and like have the opportunity to be in a space or to or be of that space of that place and it's quite another thing to feel okay now that we're here like now what like oh I don't we don't actually know what to do with these people all these different types of people but they're all supposed to be Americans Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I think just out of that I also I don't know you talked about what that was like growing up I wonder maybe this is the crux of it what what those representations and what the U.S. maybe its successes and its failings this is really too broad already what did those representations in you of you not of you I don't know how did they shape you and I think specifically maybe in the art the work that you do Mm-hmm. how what of those experiences play into who you are now and how does it maybe come how does it express yourself in its work there's a question yeah. there somewhere <laughs> I know <laughs> we're gonna get to it <laughs> I think that um that was I mean, a good question Yeah, sorry. Don't want to cut you off, but I think maybe if you could also kind of just, I think it'll come up, but like the, what is the work that you do? How would you describe it? I think that, I mean, something that we were talking about very recently um, in this urban theory class, that honestly, I can't believe I'm bringing it up this much because do I want to be caught in parquet saying that, you know, like I still like perhaps is not the class I'm paying the most attention in, but really has some important things to say about how we experience, not as an urban environment, but each other, right? Um, But we're we're talking about and something that's really has been present in the architecture field right now, which is a part of my work, um, is kind of infrastructures of care and what it means to build social, Social relationships, communities, however you define that, and actual built environment materials that promote a culture of care within a society among a group of people. So one thing that we talked about is like public house, the history of public housing in the U.S., which has gotten a really bad rap. Um, first struck down as like communist and socialist, and then proved not to work because it wasn't not even that it didn't work initially because like people, you know, I, there's, I can't even say that fully, but people like, you know, had attachment to these public housing projects that they, they lived there, those are homes. And then the complete lack of care from the government, the utter neglect of these properties once they were put up is eventually what led to their downfall. So if you're not building in a structure of care into all these people that you're bringing together you're saying that we're all a melting pot whatever whatever and there's no people don't understand each other fear is fostered amongst each other by our own leadership by social media by like big corporations at the individual level people are really suspicious of each other and there's no care for one another um so like where i see myself within that or represented within that it's just like if and I think you're gonna hear this maybe a little bit in different um 
relations and versions as you ask people these questions, but like it feels that America doesn't care about me most of the time. And in turn, does that mean my fellow Americans don't care about me as well? And do I care about my other, my fellow Americans? You know, um, so it's hard to feel represented by a, when you're in that situation, I would say. Join us next time for part two of our conversation with Temishi Onikikami.